Hey, welcome to Fist Bump Fridays, where I talk to other men podcast hosts about what's going on with men. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. This podcast is here to advance the revolution Jesus started, a revolution of the free, the fire starters, the troublemakers, and the zealots. I interview people who I think are awesome, who have heard that revolutionary call and are going after Jesus with their whole heart. If you listen to this show and join our community, I know God is going to speak to you. I believe God wants to change the world through you, through your unique gifts and talents He's given you. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life, a voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will. Let's get rolling. All right, today on Fist Bump Fridays on the Kindling Fire podcast, I have a brother in arms on the show, a guy named Zach Curry. Thanks for coming on, Zach. Awesome, Troy. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to... We, we've talked a little bit before, but to jump on with you on the podcast is... It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, and he is a man's man because he's got a big burly chin that I'm, I'm staring at through the video. He's got a big old <laughs> scruffy man man thing going on. I can't grow any hair on my face. That's why I'm saying these things. <laughs> <laughs> the, beard, the beard is coming. Uh, we do this thing in the office, as many men do, Movember. So we'll, we'll bust out the mustaches. But... Uh, I'll grow a beard first, so I'm pretty stoked about it. My wife is not, but it's just, it's part of the journey. It's part of the process, and she knows that. Hey, so um, so Zach Curry is actually a host of a uh, really good podcast that we're going to get into called Man Camp, uh, and he's also the executive pastor at Jesus Culture Sacramento, and um, I'm really excited about this conversation. This will be a good one. Uh, one of the things, uh, just for the Kindling Fire listeners, one of the things that I want you guys to know is that um, there's a lot of stuff going on in podcast land and, and for men. And I don't know that I found a show as close to the sort of vibe or heart um, of the Kindling Fire as the man camp, actually. Um, you've got uh, sort of the Eldred side. Uh, you've had John on. Yeah. Um, you've had uh, several folks on. Uh, you just had Lisa Brevere. You've had um, Chris Valentine. Uh, Valentine. How do you Valentin. say it? Thank you, Valentine. Valentine yeah. <laughs> uh, from from Bethel, and obviously with Banning and others. And and you, so there's a very much a sort of stream of of folks that you're hitting that that I've been either had on the show, or been interested in, and. So uh, I think this is going to be good. So, all right. So let's start off. First off, man camp. Why'd you start that? Well, it, it actually, the podcast was a journey that started about two and a half years before that. So obviously our church, Jesus Culture Sacramento, we just celebrated five years uh, being a church. We planted five years ago, moved from Reading to here in Sacramento. But uh, about two years into planting the church, we were talking about this earlier, the reality of, uh, we would do gatherings, a women's, we had started a women's community and, you know, tons of women would come out and we started just looking at like, what, what would it look like to gather men? And I grew up in the church. And so I've been to anything and everything you can think of. And specifically around the, the focus of men, most of the men's gatherings, retreats, advances, all that stuff. Like I just wasn't a big fan of, if I'm being honest. And so 
when we started just talking about what do we want to do to go after men because we so believe that everybody, men, women, children, young, old, we're all called to lead and engage community in, in the church, in the local church, in our city and region. And so as we were, we had the luxury of a church plan and getting to start from scratch, we got to dream and come up with some maybe different ways, maybe not, of how we were going to do specifically men's community. And so I just started with some of my friends. I actually started, I sat down with them because we had moved from Reading and we were building something. And we just said, hey, before we call anyone to anything, we need to be doing this ourselves. And so actually before we even launched a men's community where we announced anything in the church, there were eight guys where we just started meeting every other week and sharing our story, going on adventures, being very real and honest with each other and saying, hey, what what we're going to do here, we're going to call other guys to, but we're not going to call them to anything until we do it first. And so these were already some of my close friends. Some of the guys that came in weren't uh, as close at the time, but obviously we got closer as we stepped into that. And so that's how we launched this men's community. And we did it really different where we, we have yet to meet in an actual church facility for one of our main gatherings. We've done some training things where we have, but We've met in an uh, airplane hangar, an open field, uh, a theater, a uh, motorcycle shop. We just try to find crazy and unique places that actually guys would want to hang out with where we already hang out. And almost every gathering has meat. We try to do fire, but sometimes it's not you know, allowed, fire code and stuff like that. And so, so we, after about six months, we started doing these gatherings. And so now we've been doing this for about two and a half years. And we just launched the podcast in June of this year. And it came out of our men's community. It came out of some conversations in my kitchen with some of these guys saying, Hey, we want to, we recognize this trend with men that, uh, we, we lean towards isolation. We're not known. We can, if we don't, truly engage adventure living fully alive we can become passive and that's not good for our community it's not good for us it's not good for our families and so we it, this isn't a new topic it's been going on way before me and guys like Eldridge and yourself and I just love that actually it feels like in the in the last year especially there's just been a resurgent of this topic and a call to men to be like hey engage uh, take care of your heart live alive be known, uh, step out of isolation. And so this journey for us has been, you know, it's been going on for about four years, uh, maybe a little less than that. And it's been so much fun and we just want to be another voice. We don't, we don't have the answers. And we use this phrase that, you know, the journey is more important than the destination. I think sometimes, especially in the church and with men, we make it so event focused and, uh, like, I, I don't want to, generalize with this, but I think if you look at a lot of churches and even in our own church, you could just anything random, you call a gathering for women and just, they come in out in hundreds and droves because they, they're, it's easier to be vulnerable and connect. And you know, that that's a, a generalization, but we found that it doesn't work for men. And so we're just trying to relook at that. And, and, and yet as we're figuring out, as we go saying, we know a few things, we've got to be known. We cannot be isolated and our hearts need to be fully engaged and alive. And for most men, that is expressed in 
an adventure or risk. And, you know, there's so many ways that plays out. So we don't want to like, not everyone's going to grab an ax and grow a beard and go into the woods, but you know, what is it that makes you come alive? And are you stepping out of just whatever the mundane responsibilities and things that are in your life? Yeah, that there's, man, there's so much there. Number one, um, starting with friendship is key. It's so key. Like, like I have a very wise friend of mine, and he talks about, um, you know, engaging men in small communities. And he basically, you know, men's ministry or whatever, and he goes, if your goal isn't friendship, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, like all right, because men, can, men have a in God-given internal BS detector, and they can smell it from miles and miles away. If there's ever another agenda that's not clear or... Um, really focused in on something God would really genuinely do in a life, they will smell it and they'll be like, nope, good, I got plenty to do, thanks. <laughs> you know, and they, yeah, and they check out. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And um, so when you kind of said that you, in the, in the things that I've seen be most blessed, um, and guys, I want you to hear me. If you're a, a man that has a heart that wants to expand something, you know, like s- some knowledge that you've gained or growth you've gained or whatever to a community, start with friendship. Yeah, start with so friendship. Good. Build something that a nucleus of something that people can come to. Now that now that doesn't mean your your band of brothers becomes you know a thousand uh wide but at least it has a core and then it can just continue you know then other you know what i've seen is multiple bands of brothers popping up and they have their own core relationships and everybody's kind of surrounded around you know biblical tenets but they're engaging in each other's lives championing each other uh and it's all sort of done in this very relational way kind of brotherhood way yeah yeah and one and one thing that i'm sure you've seen this too where it's so funny because context and like you're, you're, you mentioned the kind of the BS meter. It's so funny because if you get a group, it's one of the reasons we called the podcast man camp is because, um, I like my wife, my wife hates to camp. I love camping. I love going outdoors and things like that. And if you sit down with a group of friends around a fire, it's amazing. The conversations, the vulnerability, the authenticity, um, what comes out of that? Similarly, you could put the same group of guys, even if you're already friends, but it makes it even harder if you don't even know each other in a room, in a church, and you go around with three questions, what's your greatest struggle? Uh, you know, like they're all really good questions that need to be asked, but the context is everything. And, you know, there's one guy that's just sharing the whole time and everyone else is being silent, not sharing anything. And, the difference is exactly what you're saying. And the difference is context. And so I, you know, I have so many friends, you know, that stereotype for men is, you know, or compared to women is that women talk all the time. Again, these are stereotypes, but men won't open up men, you know, but like most of my friends, like when you're in con and you're in relationship, you're in friendship, especially when you're doing an adventure or something, you know, everyone, there's different personalities, but you can't get guys to shut up when they're, when they're known and they're going to be real and it just removes some of the barriers that I think we've tried to force or models we tried to force, especially in the church, because the intention is really good. The goal is like, there is no question that men are so key. Everyone is key, but, uh, in the church it's predominantly women. Like 
they're the intercessors. They're the ones leading most things. And we need men. We need fathers in the home. And so that the the goal, but the the problem I think is our tactics or our models or what we're trying to do is actually hindering what we're saying we want more than we realize. Yeah, one one of the things that I um, I mean, men have a lot on them, and so a lot of times one of the detectors they have are okay. Is this something that's going to require more of me? Yeah. And is it worth my time? And 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 I hate to say it this way, but it's a little bit like, and what's the return? You know, I, I'm a good servant. Like what? Where? You know, like there, there. This math is going on. This is men math, right? You know, they're just like, oh, yeah. cost, benefit, time. You know, investment. What am I getting out of it? You know, all this stuff. It's like, it's like constantly, um, like innate in men to to think that way. And. And one of the things that I think is so fun and mysterious is when you start talking about, well, are you bored? You know, do you feel like you're living fully alive? That's when that's when men are kind of like, well, I mean, I mean, I go to work, I come home. I mean, is that what you're talking about? You know, I yeah. you're like, no. <laughs> you yeah. So, yeah. what have you discovered in in within your community? You know, that's kind of you know, help people kind of flip that light switch on because a lot of times it's off and it can, you can be in church and hear the scriptures and the all day long. And that light switch has off. It's true. Um, I think, so it's a journey and we're uh, honestly, we're still figuring this out. I, I would say there's, there's probably more, but I, I think there's been three groups of guys as we've started using this language of, you know, be known step out of isolation, live alive, go on adventure. Um, the first group is guys are like, yes, that's what I've been waiting for. You don't have to really say much. That either they're already doing it or they know they, they want to. And it's like almost that it just, it's permission to like, yeah, I got to do it. And then it just, it's right away and it's not hard at all. Um, then there's the, the guys like you kind of mentioned where it's not that they don't want to, but they feel kind of stuck. And it's like, well, what? I don't know how to do that. Like, I like the idea of that, but what? Like, what are you talking about? A, a vacation once a year with my family, and it's not. There's not resistance, to be honest. It's um, they just don't know where to start. And then the the third group is usually a little bit more complicated, but they're they're guys that maybe have tried, and there's disappointment, and there's hurt, or um, they just genuinely are in a place where they're really stuck, often because. They've lived isolated for so long and they've stuffed their emotions. There's things that they're they're believing that they are their weakness. They are their struggle and they feel trapped. And the, the greatest fear is that, you know, I don't want to stay here, but what happens if I step out of that? What happens if people really do know me and they know my crap and they, you know, the lie is, you know, my wife will leave me. Uh, you won't accept me. It's all of that. And so on the out on the outward if you're talking to a guy like that you may get a I'm too cool for school uh, just write out resistance but that's not the issue and so what we've done and and again we're learning is a few things one every time we gather we just try to create a model and lead by example instead of saying hey you should do this ABCD we're actually doing it and saying, come join us. <laughs> like we did a one of our men's gatherings. We met in this field. We did had a fire. We were grilling meat and all this stuff. And then we actually, I don't know if this is like PETA is going to get mad at us for this, but we had 
live chickens in a cage and guys had were blindfolded and it was a competition of who could you know uh catch the most chickens in a, in a five minute or a two minute window and it was hilarious it was so funny but the reason we did it was we're like we don't want like we it's one thing to like have a church service and you know even though you may be outside have meat and fire we just constantly talk about you should or we should do this but let's just do it and invite people with us And so that's something we've just tried to continue to do because we're trying to model and we always bring up guys and just have them share their journey so they they can see like, oh, I'm not the only guy that struggles with this or that's what you did. I could do that. And instead of, again, us telling them what to do, we're showing them what other guys are doing and and they will resonate and it will give courage or freedom or perspective, whatever it is for that guy. And then the, the, the other things that we're just constantly trying to do is like, break that lie that your your identity is not your weakness, your struggle, your fear. And so we're just trying to create a place that, you know, ultimately no one can, like every, every guy has got to risk and take that step out to say, hey, what's going to happen? But the more they hear like, oh, this guy did it, this guy, this, this guy did it. There, that lie and that fear will still be there, but there's a little bit more courage. There's a little bit more less of a grip that the enemy and that lie has on them when they can see, you know, that's why, you know, scripture says when we come into the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship and we're, we're cleansed and purified by, by the blood of Jesus. And that's true in our thoughts, our perspectives. And so, and we're just constantly trying to do fun things. Like I just, I literally just sent out an email last night and in our men's community, we're constantly trying to keep it fresh. We just started for this fall, this thing called adventure groups. I think we have, I don't even know how many over 25, different adventure groups. There's axe throwing, uh, golf, uh, guys are, uh, you know, going kayaking, four wheeling, uh, going to a baseball game, just random things. And we're just saying, Hey, grab a friend, go do something. We're not even giving them a small group, you know, list of questions and what are your fears and all that. We're just, cause that all will come out for guys. I think generally as you do something together, I mean, that's the example. Sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I'm really passionate about this. Um, that's the example. You mentioned Band of Brothers. Like if you watch that that series, the, the thing we love about it is most of those guys didn't even know each other, but you throw them into a battle. The, 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 the quickness of how that depth of relationship happens in the midst of fighting, not only for your own life, but for your brother's life, in the midst of, you know, an intense situation, it becomes what we all like, wow, that's amazing. And and I don't think you have to go to war to get that. You can you can go four-wheeling, you can go work at someone's house or do whatever, and um you you build a deeper connection quicker. Yeah, yeah. So wow, so much to respond to. I I think I'll start with um there's a fundamental belief that you are your struggle, you know, you are your wicked heart. Yeah. Um, what is needed in you, man, is accountability, and I will be your accountability police because you're wicked and I'm wicked, and we got to watch each other's backs because we're both wicked and we'll do wicked things. You know, that yeah. is a death producing approach to Ben's ministry that a lot of people sign up for. Oh, yeah, please hold me accountable because I'm a wicked person. Now, yeah. flip that on the other side and say, no, you, you Ezekiel uh, 36 or 26 says, you know, I've given you a new heart. You have new desires. You have new dreams. You are 
uh, a representative of the glory of God on the earth. What amazing things is God wanting to express through you? Let's get together and champion that. And sin, why do that? That's just going to hold you back from what God's really the glorious, incredible man of God that you are. You know, that's yeah. just, wh why do that? You know, and then, so there is quote unquote accountability, but it's more from a different vantage point. It's like, you are, you've got a very wonderful, high calling, a great trajectory, and we want yeah. to champion that. And I guarantee you, most men do not have that kind of encouragement in their life because yeah. most men think church and men and all that stuff is the, the other, right? Oh, great. Let me, I'd love to hear how terrible I am as a husband again over pancakes. It's my favorite thing to do. You know, it's yeah. like, no, you're not going to, you know, men are going to be like, you know, look, I get enough crap other places. I don't need it here too. I'm, I'm good. No, what you're saying is so, so right on because for, for many years, I don't even know where it originated. I mean, it originated from Satan, from the enemy, to be honest, because it's just, it's condemnation, it's lies. But there was a a good intention when we use things like accountability, like the heart of it was so right. But what was missing is it wasn't going to the heart, the identity, the root issue. Instead, we were managing symptoms. So it's like, you know, accountability became, hey, guys, I looked at porn again today. I just want to let you know, hey, can you text me, remind me and check in to make sure I don't do it again? And, and that's not what accountability is. Accountability, like even the word itself, it's taking an account. And so for us, we're saying, here is who you are. I'm not, you, you may tell me, hey, I'm struggling with this. And, and I'm going to ask you, well, why? Like that, and, and then because I know that friend, I know that person, I'm going to say, dude, that's not who you are. Like you, yeah, you may d have done something dumb, but that's not who you are. This is who you are. And we're called to call our friends, our brothers into an account of not just of how we see them, but that's powerful, but how God sees them, what God's like, what we're, de what we're declaring over each other is not what God is declaring over us. And we're actually agreeing with a lie. We're agreeing with the enemy in the name of accountability. And we have to call and say, no, this is who you are. You're, you're a son. You're a man of God. You're loved. You're forgiven. And, and, you know, that's where his kindness, his goodness leads us to repent. But repentance is turning, not just uh, saying, I'm sorry. It's turning from that thing because there's something we're turning to that's better. And so back to one of the original things you said, if we're going to truly hold each other accountable to who we truly are, we have to know two things. We have to actually know each other. Like we can't just be surface, so we have to be known and we have to know other people. But two, we have to know what God, like the truth of God the Father and what he is saying about me. I can't I can't call my friends to that if I don't know that for myself. But we got to call. So th those two things are critical. And unfortunately, we're spending a lot of our time on a lot of other things. But that there is a great C.S. Lewis quote, and I'm going to botch it, but it's effect effectively that uh, there's no other like a man's friends to call them to to their highest self or the or the glory. Yeah. And I'm really botching that, but the, the cons. I've lived this to where. First off, you have the fear of being known. If they really know me, you know, all this perception of who I am, bad or good, it's all going to be dismantled and I'll be truly known. And that's scary. 
yeah. you know, uh, in and of itself. But look, men, if you're listening, you've got, you know, your God-given <laughs> genitalia for a reason. You've got, you know, go and do scary things. Be brave. Yeah. Be known. Get be known. Like that's huge. And and then if you can cross that bridge, then. Um, what I've discovered is that as being known and, and God's voice starts coming into that community, they start seeing, oh my gosh, this is what God has put in you uniquely. Yes. And you're like, what do you mean? Well, don't you see this, that, the other? And people start pulling out and seeing all this glory of God on your life about how you think or feel or where your passions are, or whatever it is that you don't even see. Yeah. And, and then they also start to learn about the enemy's tactics against you, right? Yeah. The, the, with your story, your background, or wounding, or whatever it is. And that is an cr- incredible formula for warfare. Because you were talking about Band of Brothers, and, you know, we don't all go to war. I have felt the feeling of war when I have fought on behalf of one of my brothers and says, you cannot fall into that pit. Yeah. Like, like you're called to greater things. You have to fight. And to see them fight it, win it, overcome it, dude, there's no, I mean, it's, it's like being in war. It's like, it's yeah. like being in. There, there, is, there is a battle. There is a very real spiritual battle that's going on. There is a war over the masculine heart. There's a war that's, that's trying to pacify and cause men to just be, you know, just fixtures that aren't doing and walking in the strength, the fullness of God's design is to not to lord over or dominate, but to serve and bring strength to each other, to our sons and daughters, to our, our wives um, and to our communities. But, you know, one thing um, you mentioned, like that, that the struggle, uh, John Eldridge, when, I, when we talked to him on Man Camp, he, he from his book, Wild at Heart, he was talking about the fig leaves in our life and exposing or identifying the imposter. And um, you, you mentioned like, you know, that fear with, that we all have, like this is Eldridge language of, do I have what it takes? The fear that I don't, but there's this thing that the imposter, even like, even if it's true, <laughs> like even if you realize, and, and there are many areas in our lives that it is true. We, we are failing. We are weak. We are, yeah, it's it's very real, but that itself is not failure because if we can actually say, "Hey, here is the the fig leaf. Here's the imposter. Here here's what I've been walking in." Like sometimes we're not going to actually get to where we need to until we actually say, "Hey, that this is actually true. It's not who I am. It's how I'm operating." And um I'm not going to be able to change until I at least recognize that. And that's what so when we say your weakness doesn't or your failure doesn't disqualify you. It, it it doesn't mean that we're avoiding it, ignoring it, or pretending that it's not there. So sometimes freedom and breakthrough healing comes, and we're like, you know what? Yeah, this is this is what's happening. You know, we've had guys like literally. I I won't share their names or you know, but guys that had been unfaithful to their wives and never told them. And we we would get these groups of guys together, and we did two things. We said, hey, get six to eight guys. Um, meet every other week. We, we, we just said, Hey, share your story. Take one night. Everyone just share your story. Good, bad, and ugly. You can share as much or as little as you want. And then every guy went through that. And then the second phase was like, all right, now we want you to share your dreams. You you write out 50 dreams. What are, what are 50 dreams that you have? 
So we did this and often it would take five to six months because it's every other week and there's a, a group of guys. But we would have guys start sharing things that they had never shared with their wife, with other guys. You know, hey, I, I had an affair. I did this. This is what I struggle with. And in the context of community, they they found freedom. They found healing. They had to have some really hard conversations and go. And these guys are like, hey, we're going to walk with you. You need to tell your wife. And it was not easy. But I, so I don't want to just pretend that it was easy. But I could point to several guys in our community that as they went through this, they actually begin to deal with things um, in their own life, in their marriage, and their marriages are stronger than they've ever been. There was healing, there was reconciliation, but it started with identifying like this, this is the imposter. This is what I've been living. And I don't want to live that place anymore. That's that third category I was telling you, like these guys are just stuck and they don't want to be. They don't know they're they're living in a, a cell of their own making and they don't know how to get out. And and it comes through being known. It comes through a, a safety of stepping out of that place of isolation. Man, that that is so great to hear um, you talk about the con not only the fruit of that, but the construct of that, because that's I've been in groups where share your story, share your dreams, and and after a while, you know, it's like you, men just don't, they, a lot of times they just need a place to be able to, to get some of this stuff out without it being like, whoa, 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 time out. You're this, you're that. You don't know this script. And just, you know, everybody interrupts the whole process. It's like, just give the man enough respect and love to just let him process, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And then, and then that dream starts coming alive again. Like, well, what, what could be if, if my life wasn't just in this pit, you know, and, and yeah. it's amazing. Oh man, it's amazing to see that transformation. Well, your so your story is where you've been and your dreams are where you're going. And those are two very critical pieces to truly know someone like, Hey, history like what's your history i want to know that and where are you going and that's those are really simple but really profound things that are connected to truly knowing ourselves and knowing each other so um so i'll ask you one last question and then i'll we'll uh just kind of you can tell us quick on the man camp uh some of your guests that you've had the um and it's a little off topic but favorite movie do you have a movie that you really like yeah, I mean, I have a bunch. My my all time classic go to is Chariots of Fire, old old movie. Um, and the well, the reason why is I first saw it as a kid, and I grew up playing sports. And the scene where you know the Chariots of Fire uh, song that you know, most people would know, and it's you know slow motion Eric Little running on the beach and. It was the combination of seeing a guy go after his dreams and yet also honor God and sacrifice and, and just that whole process. Like I just, it just moved me. You know, he, he says this line to his sister. If you haven't seen the movie, I won't ruin it for you, but he, his sister, he ended up, well, historically he ended up dying as a missionary in China, but before that he's an Olympic athlete. And, um, he told his sister because he wouldn't run on a Sunday and and there's this whole conversation and he says you know to his his sister jenny not not every um i was made i was made for a purpose and he's talking about being a missionary he said but god also made me fast and when i run i feel his pleasure 
And, um, you know, that's in the context of him, slow motion music, running this race. And I just, since I don't know how old I was, I was elementary school. It just captured something in me of like, man, we're called to feel the pleasure of God. So when we talk about living alive, this was a story, real story. I, I love biographies. I love movies based on true stories, you know, at Braveheart, things like that. And that movie is just, since I was little, has it, that was one of the first ones where I saw that. So I, I have a bunch of other favorite movies, but that's probably my all-time. It's a little slow, but for whatever reason, as a kid, that just rocked me. Yeah, I, I just for you listeners, guys, you got to understand we serve a God that when you are running and in, in walking in your greatest dreams, God's greatest pleasure is being experienced as your greatest pleasure is being experienced. God is not a taskmaster trying to get yeah. you to line up and do right and slap your hands with the ruler. God, our God is the most amazing, incredible creator of the most wildness in the world that you can imagine. And he's for us. He loves us. And he's trying to fill our hearts with fire that we can burn uh, in this life and just enjoy it and, and make an incredible impact in the world. And yeah. I love that, that um, you know, you're out there trying to help men discover that. So, so Man Camp, where can they find it? Uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, you can go to jesusculture.com slash podcasts and we have uh, all of our podcasts there, but pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Very cool. Well, man, thank you so much for, for, uh, for coming on and uh, it's, been, it's been awesome. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, Troy. It's, it's an honor to be on, on your podcast and man, it's been fun to connect. I, I love connecting with with people of such a like heart. So uh, this, this subject gets me fired up. So thanks for letting me talk about it. And, and thanks for what you guys are doing and going after, because uh, it's, this is, we need more of it. Yeah. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want more information on the Kindling Fire, go to our website, thekindlingfire.com. There you can learn how you can join the Fire Starters. That is a community that I'm sending free e-courses, Bible devotionals. We're doing special challenges to really help you guys move towards the dreams that God has placed in you. I'm also on Instagram at the Kindling Fire. And as always, be awesome.